You are now listening to the Unsolicited Genius Botaminus The Genius Unsolicited Genius Craig D Craig D Molotov Molotov You are listening to Unsolicited Genius Unsolicited Genius Botaminus The Genius Unsolicited Genius Craig D Craig D Molotov Molotov you are listening to Unsolicited Genius. All right, what up, what up, what up, fellas? Long time, no chatter. How everybody doing? Doing well. Happy Easter to everybody out there. What's going on, my brothers? Finally played like myself in my little league game, man. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> How is the team doing? Uh, we're five and one. I was able to get off a 20-piece today. So I'm okay with that. How many assists? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even know I had twenty to the end. Like I just kept shooting. All right, okay. I'm gonna watch the game. I'm gonna watch the game like everybody else and figure out the other stuff. Like I just know. Like at the end, they were like, "You know, you had twenty, right?" I was like, "Cool." I kept shooting. Congratulations, homie. Keep up the good work. All right, fellas. It's been a little while since we've gotten together to cast it, but you know we're back and better than ever. So some quick housekeeping for our listeners, um, especially those that missed us. Uh, we we have segments that we're titling a little different. Gonna switch up the order so that you know we make sure we stay in rhythm and flow with our listeners. So for the news, top news of the day, we're gonna start there with the headliner. We're gonna follow up with what in the sports just happened, and when we talk about music, movies, and all that other stuff, we'll do that under the segment called "Are You Entertained?" So for today's headliner, we got the Georgia legislation, mass shooting solution. What in the sports just happened? We got to talk about Deshaun Watson and what's going on there. Um, and then Kevin Durant's Durant's rant. We're going to talk about that. And then are you entertained? Want to spend some time chatting with the fellas about the cancel culture, what we've been listening to, what we've been watching. So on that, we're going to head and get the show started. So, Mr. Moe, you are our Georgia legislature subject matter expert. What is going on? We can't help people with We can't give voters or people standing in line to vote water anymore. How did that happen? Because <laughs> they don't want black people to vote. Doc, the problem here is they're trying to fix something that there's no problem to. These Republicans, like Kemp, the Secretary of State, Raffensperger, they told you there was no fraud in the Georgia election. So why do you have to pass sweeping legislation if there was no fraud in the election? And the reason for it is simple. Kemp is running for governor again, and he just watched the state turn uh, blue for the Democrats during the presidential election, and he's worried about his own survival. And in order to ensure his survival, he is trying to do everything in his power, him and his Republican colleagues, to basically stop people of color from voting. I mean, Carlton talks about they've made it illegal to give people food and water in line. And where does that predominantly hurt? Minority communities, because that's where the longest lines tend to be. And they do it under the guise of, if you hand them water, you're gonna tell them, well, you need to vote for this candidate and I'll give you this water. It's like, come on, man, you can't be this simple to actually believe people believe this. They're just flagrantly just trying to steal elections by stopping people of color from voting. It's sickening. And Biden needs to fucking do something. Like there needs to be federal legislation passed to stop what some states are trying to do because it's absolute bullshit. I feel that. I, I started thinking about something 
I overthink things, all right? But I started thinking that the Republicans are picking a voting rights fight because it pulls resources away from, distracts from a gun rights fight, like resources that now have to be allocated to fight this fight, which you just mentioned is senseless on numerous grounds, right? The resources now have to be pulled away from another battle to fight this battle, and it slows progress for them in another arena. But Doc, the voting rights is more important than the gun rights because if they can suppress people from voting and then they win elections, then they could pass whatever legislation they want, Craig. When it comes I to abortion rights, when it comes to women rights, when it comes to voting rights, that's why this voting shit is so critical. Like, this shit can't be allowed. Biden needs to fucking do something because this is outlandish. I think Craig makes a good point. It for sure is a tactic, right? Is it to distract from gun laws? You know, we know they want distractions from gun laws. Is it to ensure that they maintain a hold on the red state or on the state that has been a red state? You know, from my standpoint, I feel like this is that last ditch effort. You know, what can we do to, to continue to maintain the stranglehold that we've had on this state, on this region? And so what we see is laws, rules based on what they still have available to them to do being made to as, a, as that last little effort, right? What can we do to retain the control that we have? But when you say, Mo, what Biden needs to do, what can he do? Because it's unfolding in front of our eyes. I mean, the documents have been signed. So what is it available, be it to Biden, be it to the power to the people, what is available for us to do to stop the ridiculousness that's unfolding before our eyes? I mean, the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act years ago with some uh, with a decision that they made. He needs to pass, in my opinion, Carlton, a, a new federal voting rights bill that prevents states from suppressing people from voting. In my opinion, when it comes to voting, they should be making it as easy as possible for people to vote. Right taking down barriers and having as many people participate in the democratic process as possible. And the legislation that they've just passed in Georgia and other states is clearly intended to keep people from voting, whether they are white, whether they are black, whatever, even though it seems to be definitely targeted towards minorities. I have to say something on that. I have to say that I agree that it attacks the moves that were made by the Republican side attacks on multiple fronts. And uh, that's why I do think it distracts resources from other battles to this one and slows progress for the Democrats in various ways. But in terms of what I think, in addition to anything Biden can do, I think the more, the, since a lot of these things were passed locally, the pressure needs to be applied locally. We need to hold whoever is running for office in all of the local midterm elections and traditional elections, we need to hold those local politicians' feet to the fire on this issue, especially since it was passed locally at the state level. But, but dog, what I'm saying is you can't leave this up to the states. Georgia, in its legislature, in its state Congress, is a Republican state. You can't have states passing laws that stop people from voting just because they don't like the results of an election that is not fraudulent. Like, that's insane. Biden says this. He calls this Jim Crow in the 21st century. That's a quote. 
He says it's an atrocity. If you think it's Jim Crow in the 21st century and it's an atrocity, the federal government has to step in and do something to correct the states at this level. Everyone in this country that's a citizen has should have the right to vote. I agree and I co-sign, but I think you need to attack not only at the federal level, but on levels beneath that. I think to shake up the most at the top, you 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 grab a hold of the foundation and shake the bottom. But dog, if the, if the states are restricting your voting rights at the local level, how can you make change if you can't vote? That's what I'm saying. But it doesn't mean you don't put up a fight at the state level. It means you definitely have to. There's already attack an attack going on at the state level. You have to start reacting at least to the attack on the state level and making a plan of action on the state level. The attack has clearly started already on the state level. Because the bills are, the law is passed. Like that's Thanks. our passed. I'm happy to see what MLB did by taking the all-star game out of Atlanta. I'm happy to see what operations are doing that are based in Atlanta. That definitely needs to happen because all of us know that the only way that they're going to change this is if we hurt their pockets. Like if you hurt their income, if you hurt the money coming in, then you can affect change. Well, it sounds like that definitely has to happen on multiple levels. I think you, both of you have, you know, our spot on. There's things that we do locally, things at the state level, and then there's an accountability, I think, at the federal level. But I guess I want to go back to Craig's earlier points in terms of the distractions that this also is. Legally, there's, there's huge issue, and I think the future of, of voters' rights is definitely at stake with what's taking place at Georgia. But when we circle back and, and talk about the distraction, Craig, you mentioned gun control or a distraction from gun laws. And so, you know, here we are, 2021, we're starting to see some light sort of at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the pandemic. And mass shootings are up. Mass shootings are back. Um, I was trying to look real quick just to see how many there were, because I know at one point it was seven in seven days. Um, but it's at this point in 2020, there's too many to count. We already in, you know, we've had a few dozen at this point. So what is it going to take for us to become a country that prioritizes citizen safety over a misused, misrepresented Second Amendment? Nothing's going to change. Look at all the killings. Like they're, they're killing children in these mass shootings and nothing changes it because the NRA and the gun companies pay their lobbyists to make sure these politicians vote in their favor and not in the people's best interest. It's as simple as that, man. How can you justify that you need an AR-15 or any kind of assault rifle to protect your home? You and say that they need to take away the Second Amendment because that will never happen in this fucking country. But they need to have stricter laws on what kind of weapons you're allowed to have. It's insane that you can just buy an assault rifle, multiple ones, and keep them in your fucking house. Like you're getting ready for a war. They clearly don't care about the people. Like we said in the previous segment, right? You hurt them in their pockets. That's how you get them to make change. Because they make so much money off the guns, they don't do anything about it. Well, you know, I know a few gun hobbyists, right? And to not be a gun hobbyist, you know, I, at minimum, I can listen. And... You know, as much as the types of weapons that are accessible being an issue, I look at who has access to them, right? A good number of these mass shootings, a good number of shootings, period, are being done by people with mental health issues. And we've talked about mental health on this show before. And so for me, if somebody wants to purchase a gun, 
there should be a thorough, thorough background check. There should be a, a wherewithal, a well-being assessment that occurs before they're able to make that purchase. You know, create a process that requires, you know, at least 30 days from the, the time the application is submitted to the time that the weapon's in the person's hand. A waiting period. If it is for an emotional purpose, at least making them wait, put some space in between there. Let's give the other person a chance to maybe get away or something. But from my standpoint, it's too easy to get too many to do too much damage. I mean, that's what politicians are allowing or using the Second Amendment to hide behind. When we live in a country, the, the greatest country in the world, and children aren't safe where they rest, that's a problem. And, you know, all the people that say guns don't kill people, people kill people. You know, it's a lot harder to kill 20 people with a, with a knife than it is with an assault rifle. Can I uh, post some food for thought? Please do. All right. If I am a part of a community, and if we think carefully and reflect cautiously about the history of this country and others, if I'm a part of a community that is marginalized or oppressed, right? Please remember that 911 is a joke, is a song that is spot on and was true up until a couple of years ago. And that song represents civil services provided by the government or allegedly supposed to be provided by the government, not reaching citizens, right? Right. Or even if we think about what we see in terms of people of color being off at disproportionate rate by the entities that you would otherwise turn to for safety, right? And even other structural and systematic things that are aimed at these marginalized and oppressed people. I think if you are in one of these categories, you might align yourself or consider aligning yourself with keeping those rights open until you're getting, I don't know, equal voting rights and fair trials. That's all I'm saying. I'm it, Mo. I mean, I'm more in line with the types of weapons. That part of it needs to be cleaned up. The amount of weapons you can own needs to be cleaned up. Uh, and the problem, Carlton, is like you said, there should be a thorough mental background check, but people don't want to go through that because they just want to be able to get their guns and have people not in their shit, basically. But we're giving guns to like psychopaths. It's so easy to get a gun. It's unbelievably easy to get a gun in this country, whether you get it legally or illegally. It's not a problem if you're seeking to purchase a weapon. It's not a problem if you're seeking to purchase an assault weapon. I knew a kid in, in college that I went to school with. He had an assault rifle that could fire underwater, and he was 19 years old. Like, what, what does he fucking need that gun for at 19 years old in Gainesville, Florida? And, and his parents were rich as fuck, and they lived in this big-ass house in Jackson. Okay, then. Out of day Aquaman, maybe. Hey, man. Tony Montana would have went out differently in a pool. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show, like, how little the government cares about people's lives and how much they value money. Right. Well, hide behind this Second Amendment bullshit. Like when, when the Second Amendment was put in is because the British would come to America and they would quarter with the uh, the citizens and they would basically be able to do it because they were the ones that had guns. That was your protection against that. Does that happen now? Is that a worry currently? Uh, I think we've seen plenty of things in the last couple of years that weren't worries before happened. For example. Pandemic. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about it, I think that's a good point. You, 
um, the events in Miami a few weekends ago or spring break in Miami and just the news and the headlines that, that made. You know, if you sit oh, they so late on that and look at it, man, that looks like pre-apocalypse, right? And that looks like the thing that these firearms are supposed to protect us against. So, you know, you can make up reasons for having to have it. You can make up reasons. You know, you can play pretend all you want and feel like the, them people's coming to get you when, you know, it's really the person in the mirror you're most afraid of. But I look for, you know, again, the people that we vote for to be making the decisions that are in our best interest. But as Mo was saying, that's not what happens. They follow the almighty dollar. But, um, you know, because I want people to have fun. You like going to shoot hogs and deer and, and, and birds and that's your jam. Go get it. You know, and I, you know, far be it for me to tell you the equipment you need to take out there with you. All I know is when my mom goes to the grocery store, I want to feel like she's safe. My 70-something-year-old mom shouldn't have to be figuring out where the exit signs are when she's going to go pick up some grapes. Dog, your son at school is not safe because of these mass shootings. Like Our kids are not safe at school. It's something like Craig, and I understand what you're saying about the pandemic being something, but this is within human control to make gun safety and gun control much better than what it is now. Like Our humanity for the solution. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily disagree that how easy it would be or it could be theoretically. I think the power structure in place would make actualizing that rather difficult. However, I was also bringing that up because if you are going to get people to vote for this, I was just trying to bring up populations that might be hesitant to co-sign like if you're taking away my right to vote, yeah. if I see my government taking away my right to vote, and my government not giving me fair trials, yeah. I'm going to vote for that government to limit my access to resources that might help me defend myself from its clear insanity and tyranny. No, no, no. I might not vote for that. Your point is sound, Brother Craig. Uh, That's all I'm saying. You know, it's, it's a conundrum for sure. And I think we each have kind of different angles that if we could get resolution at each vantage point, that's made the resolution to the problem at hand. But I think at more, you know. For some populations, that might be how you win my vote. <laughs> that's my two cents. Right, yeah. well, good discussion on, on headliners. So our next segment, what in the sports just happened? And for me, you know, we, we talk about a boy Deshaun Watson a lot. So, you know, I thought it would have been old news by the time we came back around with the cast. But as it stands, the number keeps getting bigger. The number of his accusers keeps getting larger. So uh, last I checked, he was up to 21 women have said that he behaved inappropriately, I believe, all while he was uh, receiving massage. Personal opinion, timing is very interesting at which he's saying, get me up out of H-Town, knowing all the oil and gas that's tied up into all things H-Town. You know, is this the folks coming back around to show Deshaun Watson who really is in charge? Thoughts from the group? I agree with you, man. I think it's interesting from two perspectives, though. One, I do think it's interesting that all of a sudden he's demanded a trade. I do feel like this lawyer has it in for him. This lawyer has a hard-on for him for some reason. I feel like he's been recruiting, like looking for women that have complaints about Deshaun Watson. In regards to the women, I don't know if their story is true or not. I guess that's what we're going to hopefully there is evidence that points us in the direction either way of whether he's guilty or not. There's also 18 
women that came out and said that he's acted nothing but appropriately while he's been their client. Carlton and Craig, that's the thing I find strange, though, man. Like, Carlton says 21 women have a complaint. He has 18 women that say he's acted appropriately. Someone give me some quick math. What is that? That's 39 women that he's gotten massages from. Y'all boys don't think it's strange that the star quarterback for the Texans is soliciting 39 different women through means like Instagram to get these massages? Like, that's weird. He has access to world-class masseuses. And he's seeking people on Instagram? That's a good question, Mark. That's that's a lot of... that's a Doc, in life, if you're getting massages, right, or you're getting something like that done, you find like one or two, maybe three that, that you like and you stick to them. 39. That make you say, hmm. I find that to be curious. I, I can't lie to you, boys. Like, if I'm looking at it objectively... That's interesting, man. That's very interesting. Numbers too. don't lie, and that 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 is a fairly large number. And those that's the, that's who we know about. <laughs> you know, it's more. You definitely know it's more. Like that's just thirty nine that we know of. Like this, this could be an epic number of masseuses that he's allocated. It's not looking good for Deshaun Watson. I think it's very, very strange. And now they've also launched the police investigation into it. Right, because at at one point every at least all of the claims of suits, they were civil. And so now, I guess what you're saying is enter into the criminal ranks. Yes, because one person's name uh, has put their name on it and filed a criminal complaint. So I guess we're going to definitely see what happens with that complaint. I don't know what this does for his future, but to be honest, this is more important. You know, if he acted inappropriately, he, he deserves the consequences, if he didn't act inappropriately, man, someone is definitely trying to smear his name and they deserve some serious consequences. Yeah, justice should be served. I think you're right because I, I, you know, from my standpoint, the timing of it is fishy. But when you look at the numbers in total, that sum is fishy for sure. It just looks fishy on both ends. Like when you take that both things into account. Mm. I find myself like a deer in headlights with all the information that's coming out about this, right? It's a lot and it leaves me at a point that's very indecisive. I, I don't know if I'm alone there, but it's really weird how fast and just the, the texture of it. In what regard? What's weird? Maybe it's just I. you grew up with the image of the athlete, of the star pro athlete in your head. Man, none of this makes sense for me. I, I think it piggybacks on what you're saying. You're Deshaun Watson. The resources that you have access to, and this is where you at? Uh, no, nah, man. I'm a Darren Headlights. And the script, what you're hearing, man, that's, that's, that's wild. I'm going to sit and wait. So more evidence comes out and things could get correlated. But I guess at this point, I found myself like a deer in headlights. That's the best summary I could give you. Well, you know, I, I, let's see what happens to the Texans $100 million man for sure. But when you talk about deer in headlights, um, what about Kevin Durant's rant? That shocked me. Even, you know, frustrated, agitated. I've never been in, in any level of his position when it comes to dealing with media and criticism of that nature. But when I look at what he says, how he said it, and just the way that he expressed it in Michael Rappaport, in, mm -hmm. in his DMs, he looked like a man insane, not just a man in his feelings. He looked like a man insane. 
What's going on with the rant? Well, first of all, Rappaport violated, bro. You don't publish DMs. True that. True that. True that. That's a violation. But yeah, when you get too friendly with somebody, that's what it looks like to me. You got friendly with somebody and they turn. Betty said, I swear I'm going to spit in your face when I see your dirty ass. Bat your life on it. Meet me on West 17th tomorrow at 10. Or better yet, what's your address? 10 a.m. at Cat State on the corner. Meet me there, Poontang. Come on, Kevin Durant. Again, going back to the image you grew up with, somebody that has a lot of resources. Look, if I have a beef with somebody and I have those resources, <laughs> come on, bro. Really? I'm going to threaten myself and go myself. And like, that just sounds all ridiculous and reckless. And just like, what is that? You have those for a fraction of your game check. You could get a team of people to handle that with, with something you could pull out of an ATM. Are you kidding me? If it really was beef, right? So why even talk like this? Carelessness comes through friendliness or something like that. My mother used to say, like, when, when people get too friendly with you, they take advantage. You thought it was friendly and, and he exposed your reckless language. And I think it aligns with the reckless language you hear from other athletes that have gotten in trouble in the last couple of weeks on the Internet talking crazy. I think people talk crazy behind closed doors. A lot of people do. And sometimes it gets recorded or exposed. And this is where we at. Kevin Durant has always cared too much what other people think about him, man. You remember when he had those dummy ass accounts where he was replying to people that were critical of him on Twitter? He just cares too much what people online think. And I really think that's the major mistake here. He forgot who he was. He forgot he was Kevin Durant and his language was uncalled for and unnecessary. You're saying like, the dude shouldn't have posted it. Well, Durant shouldn't have wrote it. Like if he called Durant the N-word or something and Durant. post that, I don't think we'd be saying Durant shouldn't post that. Um, so that part of it is like, you know, Durant is accountable for his actions, in my opinion. He really gives a shit about what people online think. And that is a critical flaw in his character. He cannot let it go. Like if you at Kevin Durant and you say some negative shit, he's probably going to holler back at you because he just can't let that shit go. Look, I'm not saying that his language wasn't reckless. I agree, language is reckless, but I feel like there's a DM code, that's all. If Buddy called him the N-word and Durant posted it, you would feel like Durant shouldn't post that? I, I never I never used the word should. It might, it, it might be a violation, but it, I might not be mad at him for it. I'm just saying it's a violation. I ain't saying I'm mad at him for it, bro. No, I'm not saying, I'm, what I'm saying is the part about it being a violation. If if Buddy called Durant the N-word and Durant posted it, would you feel like that was a violation? It would still be a violation of the DM code, but I wouldn't be mad at it. For it. I got you. Here's the thing. I, I'm not mad at Rappaport per se because he's exposing some foul, reckless language, but I kind of, I don't know the nature of their relationship. Do you have a friend in which y'all just kind of talk reckless back and forth to each other in a way that nobody else could talk to each other, but y'all talk to each other that way? Well, this don't look friendly. You know, I, I could probably pull up some group messages where I, you know, I get into it thoroughly, but this, this don't look friendly. But I don't tell you to meet me at a certain location so I can spit on you. Because if you threaten to spit on me, God forbid you actually spit on me, I will fucking kill you. Like, if your fucking saliva's on my face, I will fucking kill you. So I will not take kindly to that threat at all. Like, that shit to me is one of the most disrespectful fucking things you could do to somebody. And for him to even say that shit is like, 
fuck you, Michael Rappaport. I'll fuck you up on site. That's how I read. But, you know, why are you the greatest basketball player possibly to ever play the game and you want to get into a thumb wrestling a match with Michael Rappaport? Like, that's the part. These things don't align. <laughs> but he's very... These things don't align. Yeah, he's on the line. It's a lot of emotion there, man. And I, I guess, you know, the reality is Kevin Durant has been beat up from so many different angles. Whether you agree with the things he's done, joining Golden State, some of the other things that he said, you know, his whole demeanor. So, you know, I hope the best for the brother, but there's more to it than just getting hot with Michael Rappaport and the $50,000 fine that he's been assessed. It go deeper than that. And you know, for me, I, th- I think, and Craig, you even said this, it's kind of like our perceptions, expectations, so to speak. If you're in an argument or discussion as being one of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball, to me, this ain't your DM. Even if you're hot with it, have somebody on your team do it, not you. And then the other thing I'll say, though, about Rapport and, I, and, I, and to Craig's point about him, though, is he posts a screenshot of what Durant says. Like, if you're going to do that, if that's the route you're going to go, then post the whole damn conversation. Let us see what the fuck you said to him. Like, don't be a little bitch and just post one side of the conversation. Post the conversation. Like, if you're going to be bold, be fucking bold. Don't be a pussy about it. Like, go all out. Yeah, a lot happening on the internet these days. Any uh, any thoughts, comments on the NFL free agency? We know that's your... Christmas season, so to speak, your holiday season, Mo. Anything exciting you right now? What I'll tell you, uh, boys, is you see what happens because of the Sean Watson situation because the other teams don't want to touch him right now. San Francisco says we'll trade three picks to move up to number three and we'll just take our quarterback in the draft, basically taking themselves out of the Watson sweepstakes because they can't trust that shit. Dog, I'm fascinated. Like, for those of you that don't know, I'm a 49ers fan. I am fascinated to see which quarterback the 49ers pick at the third pick. Because everybody assumes that Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to be one, two. So I want to see who the 49ers choose from when it comes down to Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. Which one excites you? Justin Fields excites me. The safest pick is probably Mac Jones. But Fields is the one that excites me. He's fast. I believe in his ability to throw. I just believe in Shanahan. I think with either quarterback, we'll be fine. Lance is definitely the long-term project. Fields is a little bit of a project. Mac Jones is probably like, he could probably play year one, in my opinion. But I think I would like us to take Fields. I think we're going to take Mac Jones, though. Yeah, I like Fields in the 49ers offense. Y'all run game plus his athleticism. If that arm show up, that's tough. That'll be real, real tough. Even just to get the ball to to the weapons in space, you know, even if they're not even getting it deep down the field, he's going to be brutal. I mean, I believe in his leadership. I believe in his arm. In the NFL, like, coaching is so critical, right? Like, it's the sport where coaching, to me, is the most important. And in that aspect of it, I just believe in Kyle Shanahan's ability to call an offensive game. So I think we'd be good with either of the quarterbacks. I would just like to see what he could do with a quarterback as athletic as Fields. I ask you a question then. So in terms of leadership, does the leadership they show at the college level translate? Because we know other skills don't always translate from one level to the next. How many of them you think their quote unquote leadership, the soft skill, whatever, will translate to this level? You're talking about out of the current crop of quarterbacks in this draft? Yeah. 
Lawrence has the easiest job because he's like the golden boy, right? Like the team will get behind him quickly as long as, of course, he shows an ability that he can play. I think Fields has natural leadership skills. I couldn't tell you shit about Trey Lance. Like, I've just seen the highlights. Uh, I don't know about his leadership. I know Fields. Like, I've, I saw Fields play hurt and lead his team. Like, I believe in Fields' leadership. Zach Wilson for BYU. I'm not sure I trust his leadership ability. He's impressive when you see him throw when there's not 300-pound people hitting him. So I think Mac Jones is a leader in a different way in terms of, like, people, like, he'll get his teammates to believe in him. He'll stand in the pocket and deliver. I like this quarterback class, Craig. I, I do. The ones that I don't know the most about are Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. I do like Mac Jones. I like Justin Fields. I like Tuck Ward. Well, let me follow up this then. So do you think that leadership is the most valuable trait in a quarterback? If not, what is? And if you want time to think about it, I'll tell you what my thing is. Go ahead. You go ahead. I think the quarterback, much like point guard or certain other positions, is a decision-maker position. You want somebody that is a good decision-maker, period. In conjunction with the other talents, they have to be able to make decisions about how to utilize their talents, the resources and the situation, they have to be good decision makers. And even if you make the argument that the greatest ability is availability, then that translates even off the field into decision making, right? So the face of the franchise, the leader of your team, the quote unquote, most important position on the team, depending on who you're listening to, I would say that you want them to be a good decision maker. But I'm also confessing I play more basketball than football. I just watch a lot of football. I would agree with you, man. The most important thing to me when I look at a quarterback is decision. How good are they at processing the what the defense gives them and how quick are they at making a decision after they've deciphered what the defense is doing? I agree with you on that aspect, Craig. If a quarterback doesn't have that, no matter how good their physical tools are, they're going to be a bust. Look at Ryan Leaf. They'll just end up being like Ryan Leaf. Life together, though. He, he out there helping people do better, live better. And I agree with both of you. And that's why I don't think Trevor Lawrence is that guy. Who do you think is the best? Well, I think there's unknown. I think Zach Wilson looks good on on film when you look at his games, when you look at the highlight reel. You know, my guy, I think, is Justin Fields. I think he's played in the competition. I think he showed up against competition. He's had a couple bad games. But for all intents and purposes, every time I flip to Ohio State, who I hate, when it comes to college football, he showed up. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he had some good games, especially in the beginning. And besides just riding a wave of the strength of his team, from my recollection, when I turned on the screen and looked for him to show up, he looked like he cowered a little bit. So, you know, I think he has athleticism for sure. He has the arm for sure. But I question his crunch time capability. My mm -hmm. guy, who I'm, I'm curious to see where he lands. I know they got him going to Atlanta, which I think would be a good fit for him, um, but I want to see what happened with Kyle Pitts. I think he's one of the okay. best athletes that's been in the draft in a long time, tight end, wide receiver, all of that. Um, I'm excited to see where he lands and also excited to see what he produces. On Lawrence, man, Lawrence is only one of those quarterbacks that has a national championship, and he consistently led them to the playoffs, man. I think Lawrence is a good leader. No Gator biases or former Gators worthy of mention or that we care to mention? I mean, he said Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony will go in the first round as well. But I, I think with Lawrence Carlton, you get the athleticism. He's tall as hell. He's like 6'6". Mm -hmm. 
you get all of that. He's able to process information, it seems, pretty quickly. He seems like the safest of the quarterbacks to me. Trevor Lawrence as quarterback, you know, if I'm GM and I'm looking to keep my job, yeah, he's the safest pick. But from where I sit, just as a fan who don't know nothing about nothing, right, I just see what I see. Uh, you know, I'm going with uh, Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. So our uh, next segment for the evening is Are You Entertained? And so what I wanted to get into before we jumped into what you're watching, what you're listening to, is really the status of the cancel culture. <clears throat> Take a few seconds or a few minutes with the crew and talk about what it means now, what it's starting to mean. You know, we talked about Kevin Durant earlier, and it sounds like he's heading into that path of getting canceled. But it's a lot of people getting canceled because basically whatever you say or do, if if somebody don't agree with it, they're taking your product away. They're ending your show. They're, they're canceling you on The Mandalorian. And we talked about Kevin Durant earlier. I don't know what the cancel culture is going to have for him. The NBA find him. But he went hard on um, the LGBTQ community. So what are y'all seeing? What are y'all feeling when it comes to um, the growth in our cancel culture? I mean, I just think, like most things, I feel like it's a case-by-case basis. There are some things where people are deserving, uh, in my opinion, of losing their jobs that they've done. There are other things where I don't feel like people are deserving. Even, even with some of those baseball players, man, that had like profane racist language when they were high schoolers, do I believe that they might be different possibly now as they've gotten older, as they've matured, as they've become educated, as they've become exposed to people that are different than them? Sure, sure. I definitely believe that's possible. But for some people, I think their actions are so egregious that they deserve to lose their lot in life, their position in life. For example, the lady in the park that was threatening to use the police as a weapon on the gentleman who was telling her to, to do something that she was doing that was unlawful. I do believe she deserved to lose her job because she was willing to risk that man's life just because she disagreed with something that he was saying to her, which she was absolutely in the right for. So, Carlton, I think it's really a, a case by case basis. And that's how we should look at this. Like, how egregious is the behavior or the comments from the person should determine what the consequences are. Some things are more egregious than other. And I do believe you should take into account the age of the person and when it did happen. We've all done a lot of things when we were younger that we regret uh, as adults, when even with the language that we use. We've gotten older, we've realized it can be hurtful. And we try to do better. And we try to do better. And, and so I guess who's the jury in that? Because I, several people apologize, but still get canceled. I, I believe that's a personal thing that you have to decide for yourself. For example, like, do I think Kevin Durant is absolutely wrong? And does he need to apologize? Absolutely. Uh, well, you're not canceling Kevin Durant. He's going to still go out there and play fucking basketball. And people are still going to be interested in what he has to say. You can only cancel someone by costing them something, in my opinion, Carlton. Like, you can't stop them from having a voice or a platform if they have that kind of ability. I hear you on the level of the offense, right? But then what it sounds like you're also saying is some people and what they do aren't cancelable. So, you know, nothing that Kevin Durant says is going to keep him from playing basketball in the NBA. Now, does this impact the sneaker deal? Does this impact, you know, one of his other endorsements? I guess that would be the question. And I'm not advocating for it by any means. So, you know, whoever's listening, don't 
don't take this in that light. I think, you know, I'm coming more or less from an awareness. Is this who we are? Is this where we are? That if you have said anything at any point in time of your life online or in any venue where it can be recorded, that if it makes the light of day, if it, it surfaces, if it resurfaces, you're at risk of getting canceled, whether that be your job, your sitcom, or your shoe deal. See, that's what I'm telling you. I don't believe anybody should be canceled in terms of being silent. But in the example that I gave you about the lady that was trying to use the police as a threat to the black man in the park with her pet, yeah, she deserved to lose her damn job because she was clearly racist and she was clearly willing to try to use the police to get this gentleman hurt. So I don't give a shit that she lost her job, but if she's gonna make money writing books or interviews, that's on her. Like you can't stop people from expressing their thoughts, their opinions, even if you think their opinion is deplorable. But could their opinion cost them something like their employment? To me, that depends on how egregious their uh, actions are. I follow you there. So if I'm company XYZ and you work for me, whether you in the office or at the park with your pooch, if you act out and show some nasty, nasty colors, if I decide to can you based on that, that's my right as company X, Y, and Z. But if you decide to write a book later to talk about how I'm not racist, I just love my pets, and you make a gazillion dollars off of it, so be it. Yeah, I'm, t I'm not mad at the book company because they allowed her to express herself. I dig it. I dig it. Everybody should be able to make a living. Get it out the mud. Get it how you see fit. Get it how you live, whatever, whatever, whatever. Everybody should be allowed to make a living. Now, I, as a consumer, I want to know information because I don't necessarily want to be funding people that don't align with my core values as a consumer. I also feel that as a business owner operator, if people don't align with your interests and core values, you might have to make decisions on their employment. Maybe I'm influenced for the, by the fact that for a majority of my life, I've worked for the government, and that's kind of how it is. If you are out of line, even if you're off time as a government employee, they'll come back for you. I don't think you should be judged on your core values, though. Like, to me, man, like, if you work in an office that's predominantly Democrat and there's a small faction that's Republican, they shouldn't be judged on that. You should be just That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you said like on core values. I'm just saying if you come out and you're like black people are nothing but a bunch of N words and they're inferior and blah, blah, blah. You might lose your job for that shit. That is a cancelable effect. And I agree that you have a right to employment, but you also the employer has a right to not want that in their workplace. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like as an employer. I, I want to choose people that get the job done, obviously, but putting a team together, companies talk about core values and their mission statements and all this all the time. And if you are aligning yourself fully with that, which you say you should be your vision statement, mission statement, blah, 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 whatever buzzwords popping these days, then right down to throughout the organization that should guide your hiring practices, right? Whatever you say those values are. So what you're saying, Craig, is the company should uphold its mission, vision, values. And if they have somebody on team that ain't acting right, companies should make a decision accordingly to their organizational values. I'm saying there's power on both sides. As the consumer, if I found out that the person producing product X is not aligned with my values, then I'm glad I know that. I do not have to patronize that company or even seek employment at that company, conversely speaking. 
if I'm opening a business. I would likely be like some of these companies that have fired people for disgusting behavior. And I'm not saying being petty about it, but at this point in an integrated society, I would worry about somebody that is not pro-humanity, somebody that can't align themselves with being not just not racist, but anti-racist. We got to also be careful that they don't align themselves with, like, what if they have a Black employee that aligns themselves with Farrakhan and that employer believes Farrakhan to be a racist. And they let that that employee go because of this affiliation, because they go on their social media and they see them. Is that acceptable? It's already happened. I mean, like, it, it's a slippery slope because, like, a white person, like, could be posting videos of the KKK and that doesn't align with anyone's values and you let them go. And they say, and they say well, why do you allow the Black person to have Farrakhan? You know, it is a slippery slope for these companies to decide. But I think more so than anything, you just have to be careful on social media, man. Like, you got to realize people are always recording. Everybody has a camera now. You don't think people are already losing jobs for uh, what their uh, online activity is? Oh, yeah, I agree with you, though. It's like a, a slippery slope. Oh, okay. I post a lot of things that are in favor of equality. Like, if my employer saw these things, and felt that that was controversial, it, would it be within their rights to let me go? I don't think so, but somebody might, somebody else might think so. Various corporations, companies, et cetera, have rules that you agree to at the time of hire. And so if they decide that your freedom of speech violates one of those rules, then theoretically they are within their rights to send you on an extended vacation. But I guess that's, you know, that's what we're learning as we go, because everyone here, all three of us, obviously are in support of freedom of speech and obviously believe if you have a thought, feel, an idea that you want to share with the world, hey, have at it. It's just realizing that there's some people whose principles that idea will violate. And what we're saying is you can't get canceled as a result thereof. So speak your mind, just tread lightly, I guess. You know, I'm not saying that I'm here for the cancellation of people. I, I mean, food for thought all day, right? In addition to what I was saying, is it permanent? Are you permanently canceled, right? What about grace and forgiveness? What about when people learn? What about when people misspeak when they're not informed? My concern with cancel culture is that sometimes one, like other terminology in the culture, it starts being watered down and misapplied. And then two, it could also be weaponized to be the uh, killing the ant with a sledgehammer. You know what I mean? I don't believe that today the majority of people are not for forgiveness and grace, man. Like, I know, I just don't believe that's how people are. People can barely compromise nowadays. Like, look at our government. Like, the Democrats and Republicans can't compromise on shit. All they do is try to block each other. And I'm talking about both sides. Mm -hmm. I don't believe our society today is a society of forgiveness and grace. They will constantly remind you of your flaws, of your mistakes. You know, I've always said this to people, man, I'd much rather be rich than famous. I don't want like the fame part. It's irritating because everyone judges every word you make, every step you make, every move you make. Someone's always critical of you. Like you can't have like a dumbass thought like Kyrie about the earth is flat without the whole world coming down on you because He's just that popular. So when he says that, it becomes this viral thing. And everyone's like, oh, look at Kyrie, blah, blah, blah. He's a dumbass. Like, and I agree, it's a dumbass statement. But it's like, you know, we all have friends that say dumbass statements. They don't have the world coming down on them. So 
in this world where they constantly remind you of your flaws, of your failures. I mean, guys, even when Kobe Bryant died, there were people that were quick to point out the, the situation in Colorado, you know, and the, and the man's body has barely even turned cold. And I'm not saying that it's not worth mentioning in his story because it is critical uh, mention in his life, but like, look how quick they were to bring up uh, what could have possibly been a mistake in his life. I just don't think our society is one that is a, a forgiving society that is that is for grace currently. And that's why I would be concerned about the misapplication, growth, or weaponization of quote-unquote cancel culture for that reason, well, in part. I mean, I think one of the things about cancel culture, too, is like it's the people that are delivering the message, man. You have to believe in what you're saying. Like, if you believe in what you're saying, you're not going to give a fuck what anyone thinks. Whether you're racist or what you're saying is for equality, if you believe it wholeheartedly, you're not going to give a fuck what anyone thinks, and you're going to keep saying that same message. You're not going to care about the consequence because that's what you believe to be true. So that part of it, I don't think you might lose your job, but you got to know that there's consequences to everything you do. You got to be willing to risk some shit. Words do matter. Well, what y'all listening to? Outcast, my G. Well, we know that that's anything else. Or while you while you ponder your old school list, I, I followed suit with you, Mo, and I I listened to an old favorite and I, I was I went through TI's catalog and you know, we don't talk about where he ranks in the top five, ten, fifteen, twenty as much as we do some other artists. And I, I thought about it and TI would definitely be in my top twenty. Not top ten, I don't think probably can go down the list and find a way to make it through the top 15. But when you go down his catalog, he has some hot albums, some hot tracks, and definitely put his brick in the building of at least what Southern hip hop is for sure. For sure. Yeah. Respect, respect T.I. Man. I do like his music. I agree with you. What have I been listening to? I've been listening to Biggie, man. Biggie had a birthday that passed. A few weeks ago, I believe. So we've just been listening to a lot of Biggie Small. Hey, man, on Notorious Thugs, I mean, he destroys them with their own style. That, to me, is one of the more impressive displays of skill by a rapper that you could ever see, is watching Biggie Smalls get on a song with Bone Thugs and Harmony, use their style, and do it a lot better than them, in my opinion. Yeah, because I will say Tupac had a song with him. It, it paled in comparison. To what what Biggie did, so that shit was number one. But Biggie run that round for sure. Well, I ain't been on that old school. I've been on the Jim Jones and Harry Fraud collaboration. I believe it's the Fraud Department, and another that led me down uh, another Harry Fraud and Benny Butcher collaboration, and the most recent drop, Freddie Gibbs. So I've kind of been on that energy. I didn't realize Freddie Gibbs had a drop. He dropped a single like a couple days ago, Big Boss Rabbit, over an old Nas beat. Uh, remember the Nas beat, Still the Man? Mm -hmm. He flipped it. He didn't flip it much, but he wrote it, packed it bar for bar. That Benny the Butcher, Harry the Fraud, yeah, definitely. What's the song? Number three, Plug and Plug Talk with Two Chain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it more of that Harry Fraud sound, and I guess you could call it Plug Talk. You're going to get that in the other collaboration also. All right. So, well, what so I got to stop myself there. Actually, Jimmy touched a few different topics. It wasn't just, you know, piano talk this time. He switched it up. He got personal on a couple of tracks and got political on others. 
that's what you're listening to, what y'all watching the last couple of weeks. Man, I've been watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier when Disney drops those episodes on Friday. They do such a great job with their Marvel shit, man. Like that shit is just just top notch. The storytelling, the way they intertwine the stories from the different characters and the different comic books. They just tie it in nicely with a neat bow and it's just entertaining. They do a good job, in, in my opinion, of addressing some racial issues as well. Big, big shout outs to Marvel, man, and what they do in the comic book universe. It's impressive. I haven't started it yet. I like to get, you know, several episodes in so I could just binge my way through it. Well, you're in for a treat. You are in for a treat. All right, I respect it. So my treat it was Godzilla vs. King Kong. I am a huge, huge Godzilla fan since I was a wee, wee shot it. And, I, you know, I get it. It's a lot of cheese in all of them. But it's like a fun roller coaster ride. So every Godzilla, especially the last few years, um, as silly as some of it may be, as nonsensical as it all is, I always enjoy it. And, and they found a way to merge Godzilla and King Kong getting it in. Uh, no spoilers, because I know, I know, I know it's people just dying to see how how it ends. So I won't tell you how it ends. But you could give did a the, great job with it. Watch this shit. You could give huh? this. No, man. I ain't gonna let you hate on my thing, man. I ain't the only one on earth that like it. Ten people that are gonna watch this movie. Hey, if they listening to us, I'ma protect the I'ma protect their watching, their viewing experience. Do favor and let them know how bad this movie is so they don't these ten people. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You a Godzilla fan, watch it. If you could King Kong fan, Carl- watch it. Carlton wants sponsors. Gotta talk nice about potential sponsors. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Ain't no shame. I know that movie's trash. One man's trash is another man's treasure. We played that game before. We know how the game go. (laughs) It came to me something that I did watch that caught me. Everybody probably seen it already. The Orville came out in 2017. TV show science fiction. Kind of looks like they're spoofing, saluting, homaging Star Trek, right? Next Generation. But... What caught me is like on episode three of their first season, they start touching transgender issues and how those rules play out on a union ship that's integrated with a bunch of different races and species and cultures on the same ship where two male parents gave birth by way of egg and they come from an all-male culture. One in every umpteen thousand births is a female, but when it happens on the planet, they give the baby a sex change, but now they're on the ship and the ship is like, nah, uh. And I thought one, that was kind of bold to go into on the third episode, but the Orville, even though it's supposed to be comedy, I like some of the uh, borders they've been playing with. And I know I'm late on that cause it's from 2017, but whatever. No, no judgment. I ain't watched it. I can, we can add it to the list. Watch that before I watch that damn Godzilla movie. Hey man. Watch it. Check your life. You you missing out. <laughs> well, before we wrap it up for for another episode, any quick reactions? Any last minute things that we want to get out? Anything we covered that we want to make sure folks hear from us how we really feel? Man, just real quick, man. Matt Gates is a fucking clown. I don't know if you boys have seen this story, but he's in under investigation for having sex with a seventeen year old young lady. He's already had weird issues, man. Like he has a young gentleman from Cuba that is living with him that he claims to be his son, 
but he does not legally adopted this young man. Matt Gates is just a fucking clown. And my greater point here is QAnon is based on the theory that the Democrats are pedophiles. And now you have this mounting evidence against Gates because one of his associates, one of his close associates got convicted. And that is why they are on Gates' path, which looks bad for Gates. And the QAnon people who swore the Democrats were pedophiles, where are they now for Gates? Where are they to say that Matt Gates is a pedophile? Where are they with their conspiracy theory when there's actual smoke to this fire and they're just silent? I'm interested to see where this goes with Gates. He strikes me as a sleazy human being, and I would not be shocked if these allegations uh, against him are true. I definitely would not be shocked. All right, any quick reactions for you, Craig, before we get out of here? Not at all. Okay. Close on. All right, my mind just, you know, circle back to Sean Watson. Let's be clear that we on this show are fans of Deshaun Watson, the football player. Um, we at this show believe when accusations are made, investigations should be done. And for any crime, justice should be served. So there are some oddities on both sides of the aisle with regards to Deshaun Watson. So we are in a wait and see mode. But if crimes were committed, we definitely support justice in that regard. But we are definitely reserving judgment. All right. So last, before we before we close out, close out our accolades for this episode. I would like to give a shout out. The women's NCAA tournament just concluded today. Congratulations to the women of the Stanford Cardinal. They are the NCAA champions. I thought the women put on a phenomenal tournament this year. I just wanted to give them props for the uh, tournament they put on. A lot of props to the, to the gentlemen's tournament as well. I was telling you guys at the beginning of the month, I wasn't very excited for the tournament this year. But every time I've tuned in, man, especially for Gonzaga UCLA, I was extremely, extremely entertained. Gonzaga UCLA might have been one of the greatest college basketball games you've ever seen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I loved that game. I loved the finish. I loved the scrappy underdog. I felt like the number one seed defended the number one seed in a classic defense of the number one seed right down to the last second the bold shot i loved it i loved it i loved it i, I wanted to double down on a salute you gave earlier mo in regards to major league baseball and their actions in regards to voting restrictions in georgia and the move they made to pull the all-star game out of there i really thought that was big and particularly big for them. So uh, as far as the salute, I just wanted to double down on that mention. Okay? My accolade, master of craft, was surfing the web and came across uh, Bill Bellamy retelling a story where he, Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart, uh, Chris Rock, a couple other comedians were all at the same place at one time for a Chappelle show in New York. Marlon Wayans, I think, was also there. So, you know, great story, entertaining story, as Bill Bellamy told it. But... You know, as much as he hasn't necessarily had the grandiose level of fame Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle did, you know, he is definitely a a, a comedic figure in, in our Black history. And I think about things he did on, on Def Jam, what he was able to do as a video jockey on MTV, one of the first to do it, but definitely first Black to do it. His stand-up shows, his role as an actor, 
I mean, various films, a lot of those early, but quality black films, Love Jones um, being one of them. You know, so Bill Bellamy for a season, man, he was the man. And, and as much as he may not have that size star that Kevin Hart and others have, he definitely put his brick in as well. So shout out to Bill Bellamy for being a master of his craft. And that was a great story um, that he posted um, a couple of days ago. All right. So before we head out, anything else for our listeners? Prayers to DMX and family. Uh, yes, that yes, yes. Culture. Yes. DMX. Praying for you, brother. Party's doing better. Stop doing cocaine, man. That shit is not good for you. Last thing for me, man. Um, keep that keep that sugar bug out your nose. That snow, that white lady. Keep it out your nose. In Georgia, the state of where I live, like, we need to learn these rules. We need to play their game. We do not need to let this become an obstacle or a barrier that keeps us from voting. We need to let this galvanize us to come out stronger than ever against this disgusting form of oppression that they're trying to put against us. We'll just learn their rules and, and we'll play them at their own game. We will master the craft of voting no matter what obstacles they place in front of us. All right, and on that note, we thank you all again for joining us here on Unsolicited Genius. We hope you enjoyed the show. Wherever you are, good night, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and we'll get at you next time. Later. You are listening to Unsolicited Genius.